0: from the Bills famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub the blockout sports pod is back on the air from behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub I am your host and moderator my name is Travis Carter over my right shoulder at the high top table as always is the big fella the tuna country Matt Kempf and bellied up to the bar the president and CEO of Dabo Sweeney's Pizza Party <laughs> Palace, oh. the fabulous one, Freddie Benders,
1: San nice water slides. <laughs>
0: How are we doing, fellas?
1: Oh, good, good, man. Good. good. Well, it's
0: good to uh, it's good to be back with uh, with all our listeners here on the Blockout Sports Pod. We are, as always, on social media on Twitter at Blockout Pod. That is at Lockout Pod. I want to thank everybody for listening last week and for the feedback that we got. Uh, Again, we set a record for most listeners to an episode, so that's uh, always a good thing. Nice. I didn't even know that. Yep. Um, If you like it, if you're listening, uh, tell a friend. Uh, Let them know they can find us wherever you find your uh, favorite podcasts. And uh, guys, uh, before we get into the... trivial stuff in life i.e. sports i wanted to touch on a couple of uh heavier things that happened uh in the world of athletics this last week we lost uh two really iconic figures in the world of american sports and of course i'm talking about uh the head coach of mississippi state football team mike leach and american soccer journalist grant wall um leach was a such a unique figure and such a different personality um, in the world of big-time college football where everybody seems to take themselves a little more seriously than maybe they should. Um, he was really a breath of fresh air. Uh, I really got a kick out of watching a lot of old videos and reading a lot of quotes. And everybody, it seems like everybody that spent any time around college football had a great Mike Leach story. The Pirate, man.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, even in the heat of battle, uh, did he have that personality? And I'm talking like before a game, literally on the field, or after a game on the field, not just a press conference. You know what I mean? Like, that's just so unheard Yeah, it's rare to of. find
1: a guy who, who stays the same no matter what situation. He could be under the lights of a press conference in a two minute game or two minute scenario to win the game, and that guy is the same person no matter what. And um, the uh, fat little girlfriend's comment <laughs> yeah. has to be one of my favorites. Uh, I noticed they down, didn't, they didn't run that too much. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, have you guys seen the um, uniforms that they might wear, Mississippi State? I, it's I not a hundred percent yet, but uh, it's the typical white uh, Mississippi State. But the helmet is going to have a pirate flag on it. Oh, that would be awesome. So, (laughs) yeah. And I
0: I also saw uh, a lot of journalists who, you know, might have been student journalists working for the student newspaper and stuff at different places where Leach uh, was coaching. And multiple times I saw where they said, I basically owe my entire career to. Coach Leach giving me access as a college kid and supporting me. And I mean, I'm talking about some big time writers and uh, pundits on television and stuff. Um, So behind the scenes, I think he was as good a guy as he appeared
1: to be uh, as he appeared to be in front of the cameras talk about a uh, quarterback uh, coach combination of personalities that were together Gardner Minshew and uh, Mike (laughs) Leach together in the same same locker room imagine sitting in on those quarterback coaching meetings what they were talking about (laughs)
2: and I found it interesting that one of my favorite interviews of the guys that were reliving moments of coach was uh, Bob Stoops and you know He's get lightened up a little bit since he's been retired, but he's such a serious guy. You think he is, You know what I mean? Yeah. And to hear him go on like 15 minutes uh, telling stories that had him like, you know, I mean, I, 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 I would think Bob Stoops kind of has that personality to a Nick Saban where there's no, you think that they never have anything funny to ever say, and you know that's not true, but, to hear him uh, unload on on uh on some of the things that happened with Mike Leach and he was only there for a year with him mm-hmm. literally a year so that 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 said a lot too
0: well uh RIP coach uh, the world of college football is definitely less fun with you not being in it yep. and as far as Grant Wall goes um he, for those of you that don't know, he's probably the most respected, trusted, and beloved American uh, soccer reporter uh, that's ever been. And I started reading his stuff probably, I don't know, was two World Cups ago or something. I don't even remember how I was introduced to him. But then uh, followed him on Twitter and I subscribed to his, uh, it's not a blog, but his Substack or whatever right. it was called. Yeah. Um, and I had just read, I had just read his post uh, leading into the Netherlands-Argentina game. Right. And then during the Netherlands-Argentina game, he unfortunately had a medical emergency and uh, passed away. And that was uh, shocking and very sad. And once again, another guy that uh, reading social media and and people that he had been around and had touched, not not a single person I saw had anything except for, you know, the utmost respect. And he was really it comes you know it comes through that he was beloved and really seen as kind of the dean even though he was only 49 years old the dean of uh soccer writers in the united states so i just wanted to touch on that um, and uh best wishes to both of the families and uh, do you have something else Yeah there, one,
1: one thing on, on Grant Wall obviously I, as as listeners know i've never been much of a soccer fan um it was informed me a couple of days ago that he um, he was also a big college basketball writer for Sports Illustrated, and after looking at the archive of some of his work, um, I realized that I'd read a lot of his articles as a child growing up, and the one that stands out the most is the uh, LeBron James article when he was in high school, the chosen one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, have that sports illustration. Yeah. That was, uh, that was my first introduction to Grant, and I didn't even know know that at the time. But going back and kind of reliving some of those moments where I read some of that stuff for the first time, and, and I think he had a big article on University of Kentucky back in the time or back in the day. And, um, yeah, talented writer, man. It's, uh, it's a tough loss.
0: And there's really no good way to segue out of those things except to say, uh, you know, we're feeling for the families and for friends of uh, those two guys, and uh, now we're going to shift gears and get into the lighter side of yeah, things. Yeah, and
2: on the lighter side, Grant would have been writing about some of the controversy on the USA soccer team involving Gio. <laughs>
0: yeah, and we will... Uh, and we'll hit on that later on. We will get to that later. Show. um I did just recently return from a, uh, whirlwind weekend in Las Vegas. Oh baby. Oh yeah. Which, uh, as you can imagine, uh, was a, was a fairly good time. Some hungover. <laughs> we're, just, we're just glad you made it back, man. You know how many people go out there and never return? <laughs> but, uh, I went out there, out there ostensibly to see, uh, Indiana and Arizona. Craig word,
1: by the way, ostensibly. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you can look it up in the break. Uh,
0: But I went out there to watch Indiana and Arizona play in a basketball game. And uh, let me tell you something, boys. Arizona is freaking good. Um, And big. And big and athletic and tough. And Indiana did not play their best game, especially defensively. And they were missing a key component of their team. Not making an excuse. That's just a fact. But Arizona... I mean they jumped out to I think they got up around 20 points into their credit. Indiana did fight back. Great and a shout out to uh Indiana fans who made up about 75% of that oh, crowd. Oh, I mean man. it was it was wild in there. I
2: had fun watching it on TV. I could feel the energy.
0: And uh when Indiana made their run, the atmosphere was awesome, but let me tell you something. Every time that Indiana would cut it to, I don't know, five points, six points, and you felt like things were at kind of a tipping point. Every single time Arizona came down, not only got a great shot or ran a great offensive set, but they converted the basket every single time, and I was super impressed by them, and they are my new favorite. To win the national championship,
2: there you go. Are they like? Are they a lot of freshmen, sophomore? I know there are a lot of transfers and and uh, a lot of international internationals. Flavor. Uh, but okay. are there? Are they kind of split up like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Like are they?
1: I don't know everything.
0: exactly. I know that their two best players are at least second, if not third year.
1: Okay. What's the future guys. at right now for them to win it? I I don't know. That's something to look into. Has, um, uh,
0: I will tell all the people that uh, know how horrible my gambling picks have been uh, on this podcast so far <laughs> that I made a genius wager while I was out there, told all my friends, told complete strangers in the sports book that if you wanted to make money this weekend, <laughs> you will bet take whatever your budget is for gambling this week and don't blow it on the blackjack tables. No. Go to the sports book and put everything on Florida State to cover against Louisville. I thought they would win by 30. Close. At one point, late in the ball game, they were up, I think, 27. They could have won by 40. And... Uh, let me just say that uh,
1: weren't they two and nine? One, one, one and one and, one and, one and, one and nine.
0: <laughs>
2: he knew they'd win by thirty. They're one and nine. Yeah, by the way.
1: thanks for sandbagging
0: us. And uh, <laughs> let me just say that I did not buy another drink at the sports book <laughs> the entire time I was there. I was known as the Louisville guy.
1: <laughs> I had
0: two people tell me that I did not know sitting at the sports book uh, on Saturday night. They were Arizona fans, and shout-out to them. They were two super cool guys. Um, And they told me that they were coming down the elevator Saturday morning, and another totally random person said, man, I heard this guy talking about that the bet of the weekend was bet against Louisville, so I'm going to go do it. So if you're out there and you were one of those people – I don't. I'm not saying I need you to send me a check or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, just keep me lister. in, and yeah, yeah. Just keep me in
1: mind. I'd like to say if you were one of those people out there and you stayed out there long enough and you thought that you could roll that money back over on Louisville, oh, well, oh you lost on that one, buddy. Because we're back. Let's run run right into that there, Matt. Keep it going. We're back, baby. Yeah, and my wallet is now empty. I got to say, I I know we're not a good basketball team, but I'm so excited that we played with effort last night. That came from nowhere. Kenny Payne looked like a different coach. He was yelling. He was fired up going into timeouts. It actually looked like he was coaching. There, Sidney Curry was fighting off a 7-5 guy. He got five boards off of that guy. Um, and you know, it's I mean,
0: amazing how the ball starts to find the bottom of the bucket when guys are playing hard and playing with energy. Because there were dudes making shots last night that they haven't made Uh, all year uh, long. And
1: and Western would not snap out of that zone. I know. He stuck with that zone the whole time. And I was like, we're eating this alive. I'm like, obviously he's going to make an adjustment and we're going to win this game. Never came.
2: Right when Western starts making a little comeback, getting to about 10 or whatever, bam, another three by someone that hadn't hit one all year.
0: And I thought Western looked horribly coached.
1: Oh, they did. They did.
2: Dude, they all they did was come down and. I was they had shocked no by system that. System or anything. They came down and shot it. They gunned it. It was run and gun time.
0: I was shocked by that.
1: And L. Ellis made maybe one of the worst passes. Oh yeah, college basketball heads up in the stands. I mean, it went what <laughs> uh, fifteen feet over uh, Huntley Hatfield's head. It was at least. It was shocking to see on television. Thinking,
2: oh no, here we go again. And then you find out who was it that went uh, that had three three pointers, and he shoots. 15 percent for the year <laughs> who uh, was yeah. that uh i'm trying to think of who that was uh kamari lands i was like so he shoots 15 percent for the year and he is three for three baby mm-hmm. look out
1: uh kamari lands played hard man he was he was all over the place too uh he was putting his like kenny said in the press conference everybody's gonna remember the shots that he made but the effort is what stands out the most it's like he just got confident all of a sudden and I'm I'm glad to see it. At least I don't expect much from this season, but if you're telling me we can just go out there and show effort every night, I'll be ecstatic about that.
0: Yeah, so, I mean that's really all you were looking for absolutely at, from, from the, the beginning, beginning of the season. For sure.
2: And folks, this is why we're talking about this because Louis, University of Louisville is a prominent basketball school with championships and for them to have not won a game yet all year, it's been uh, front page news all over the place. Worst so.
1: Power Five team in um, yeah. college basketball history. Yeah, I believe this just
2: isn't regional news. This is this mm-hmm. is the big stuff. So a, a great win over a Western Kentucky team that was nine and one. I is believe that. that yeah? I
0: believe that. I believe that's right. Eight and one,
2: maybe nine and one. that's that's, that's great.
0: Um, so awesome job, Louisville, finally getting off the schneid,
1: uh, and look out Kentucky new year's Eve's coming up.
0: <laughs> oh boy.
2: Get out the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: I, I, I'll tell you if Louisville plays the way they played last night, they'll be in that game going oh, into the second I, half.
2: Definitely.
0: Huh? I don't know. I don't I mean, know how I feel.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I want to agree with you. They but.
0: No, I don't think they have a chance to win. I, I, I agree with that. But, but I do think – Like I was thinking before that game last night uh, that you were probably looking at a, you know, it's going to be 23 points at halftime. Like, they're going to be down 20-plus at halftime. I agree, yeah. And I think now – if and it was one game. Mm-hmm. Every game is organic. Absolutely. Every game is different. But if they can somehow bottle that effort and energy uh, and figure out a way to take that to Lexington, I think they can at least be competitive, which is a horrible like bar to set for a legendary <laughs> basketball program. Well, I think they won't lose by 50 now
1: it may be worth watching about <laughs> 15 to 20 minutes as opposed to 5 to 10 so i do think it's that, yeah. that
2: i do agree with you travis on the arizona thing I, that that yes they should i mean I, the teams that i've seen in my top 3 if you want to go into just uh, based on my opinion and what i've seen so far i would go arizona i would go alabama and I would, I think Alabama has beaten a lot of good teams. A couple number one ranked teams went into Houston and just beat them this week. Another great win for them. And then Purdue. Those three look like the top, just the top three right now, mm-hmm. of teams that have been battle tested and look like they've they've overcome battles as well.
0: And at one point, I would I would have considered putting Texas. Right. In there. But uh, But, Texas is dealing with their own. uh,
1: Mess. Yes. Another mess. A
0: mess to put it lightly. Uh, Chris Beard arrested for felony domestic violence, which is, you know, (laughs) there there are just a couple of things in the world of big time athletics that will get. A really successful coach, player, whatever, fired, cut, excommunicated from the league, and felony domestic violence is and should be one of them. It will be very interesting over the next. He's been suspended from what I understand.
1: And And, and my understanding is, is, and believe me, I'm no means a law expert at all, but my understanding of the Texas statute when it comes to felony Uh, domestic violence is it's it can be one of two things um a repeat offender or strangulation of a family member and he's charged with strangulation so it's strangulation that comes into there and have you read the report from this this girl i did um about biting and, and and everything i did yeah, so it's this very, is um, bizarre. There's a lot going on here, and I think we may have seen the last of Chris Beard for at least a few years. He might be in the Billy Gillespie um, realm, not to say Billy Gillespie had anything to do with that. That guy just had a drinking problem, but he uh, he also had some abusive issues with players. Correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so. But this so, is a whole
0: this is a whole different. Yeah, I, I agree. A but Whole different but we, we scenario. Won't, we and, won't
1: see him for a while,
0: and we shouldn't. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, you know the legal process takes some time uh, to formulate a case or uh, what have you. But I would I would be shocked if we see him back on the sidelines anytime soon. Uh, and that story just kind of came out of left field. I thought we did probably need no, to, we, to at least no, touch we had on to, that. And you
2: know what? Almost forgot to uh, th- that that had happened in uh, with David. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been one of the most successful college basketball coaches over the last few years. Uh, for sure. I mean,
2: I mean, he's taken a team to the final game.
0: And he uh, had a, you know, I I always kind of had a uh had a soft spot for him cuz he'd been on uh coach Knight's staff at Texas Tech.
1: I had uh, no idea.
0: Do you his, guys remember his when
2: Teams always play tough, too. I mean, they're, they're they have an edge.
0: You guys remember when ESPN did that show called uh i think it was called night court
1: yeah n- night school night school night yep. school yeah absolutely yeah
0: uh chris beard was one of the main guy main assistants that they talked to on Crap. that show all okay. the time which i hadn't remembered until i went back and watched it a couple of episodes a few years ago and i went oh man that was chris beard <laughs> but you know it just goes to show you you never know you think you know these guys what they're per you know you you don't know these guys, no, what they're really like, and that's a. Uh, I don't know you guys. I don't, hey, I don't know. You know what's what you going to, you,
2: you know what's going to, gonna, you know. I've never co- strangled
0: a family member. I no, can tell you that. That's What you
2: say? You know, uh, <laughs> wait till the
1: microphones go off. <laughs> you know, uh, what two- I felt like
0: strangling Freddie a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is
2: going to be a couple of coaches that are going to be close enough to strangle each other coming up here as the first bowl game of the year. Yeah, on the same sideline, no less at Fenway Park. What love, about what love about bowl that, season.
1: guys? I love Bowl Season, man.
2: Is that going to be the craziest bowl? And it's the first one of the year. Like it's eleven o'clock a.m. U of L, Cincinnati, set that up for us, Travis. That that is literally. Uh, I mean, I guess everyone knows from our last show that that uh, I, I don't think. Louisville the, fans the Satterfield is now at Cincinnati up and it will be in a press box. And Louisville now has Jeff
1: Brom. I think Louisville fans could care less about Scott Satterfield or Cincinnati or any, if anything, we're bringing their fans gift baskets and thanking them and, and, and all that. But, um,
0: and I do really quickly want to uh, apologize to the fans of Miami of Ohio Alabama, Birmingham, Texas, San Antonio, oh. and Troy. Oh, for as, saying the first bowl game. There are two other oh, bowl yeah. games tomorrow on, oh. on Friday. Uh, Miami and UAB in the Bahamas Bowl at eleven thirty a.m. and We're in good. the Cure Bowl, always a oh. hot ticket.
2: Can't wait to watch that one. Texas, Dude, San Antonio game, against Sorry, Troy. Cure bowl.
0: Uh, so those those are the actual first two bowl games uh, tomorrow as we record this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, but, yes, yeah, Saturday morning
1: at Fenway Park. Um, before we jump off of uh, – I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but um, this uh, UAB game, the Bahamas Bowl, I think we need to touch on this. There's a guy running, Dwayne McBride. Uh, who led the nation in rushing yards at, um, what I believe, 1,713 yards is what I have here, um, left off the Doak Walker award list. So tune in and watch great running backs play against Mack Schools tomorrow. It's going to be a good that, one.
2: That will be very interesting tomorrow, yes.
0: Is is Miami of Ohio, are they still considered the cradle of coaches? You know, that's what I always heard when I was a little well, kid. Why they call might. them the cradle of coaches? Because that's where uh, – who let's see? John Pont, Bo hmm. um Who am I forgetting? Freddie, uh, Bill Mallory. Bill
1: Mallory. I think a lot but, of great coaches but just was, come from the MAC in general.
0: There was another. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. That's a, that was. A, but they was called the cradle of coaches when I was hmm. growing up. I don't. I don't know why that just hit me. But uh, Coach Heppner came from Miami of oh, Ohio. That's right.
2: Yes, yeah, great. Oh man, rest in peace, great coach.
0: Um, but let's get into this Cincinnati Louisville game. A uh, a long time. I mean, it was a rivalry trophy game for a long time, right? They played the four, keg of nails. Yeah, the keg of nails. Mm-hmm. They haven't played each other since I think 2013. And, and
1: something that's unclear about that: we have the keg of nails right now at Louisville, and. Rumor has it we're taking it up to Boston with us, but I don't know for sure if it's on the line or not. And I don't think it should be on the line.
0: It should only be on the line if they win. Well, (laughs) (laughs) if they win, they should just say, "Yeah, it was on the line." If if the (laughs) rosters
1: were full, you know what I mean, and and you were actual like playing a legit matchup where it wasn't, you know, skeleton crews doing this, and and your coaching staff, like we've got a guy who is a, a PR guy. I mean, Graham's the NFL wide receiver and Super Bowl MVP, but he was a PR guy at UofL. He's going to be head coaching us. You can't put the keg of nails on the line in a game. We should just get him on the schedule regular season every year and play for that
0: thing. That'd be awesome. And uh, speaking of a former NFL player uh, being on the sidelines, did you guys see that uh, Purdue is bringing Drew Brees in as like, associate head coach for their bowl game.
1: Is so he going to hold Brian Brahms uh, water bottle for him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: but, uh, Drew Brees. Like, I, I but, just heard that. I thought it was I, I love
1: Drew Brees, but I feel like the media just pumps him out like a parade every now Like they tried to put him on TV. That didn't work out. Uh, Purdue's going to put him on the sideline as associate head coach. I mean, what I've heard his name even be floated around for coaching jobs.
0: Well, there was a rumor going around that Purdue was – which Purdue, I think, probably made a good hire uh, with the uh, defense coordinator from Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: But nobody wants to hear about that right now. I don't think
2: uh, he wears Wranglers anymore. I don't even think he made the commercial (laughs) cut with Favre and Dale Jr. Uh,
0: (laughs) He can't hang out with those two. What's he going to do? The thing about these bowl games, too, is I never know – who's playing who's opted out uh it's I'm, all gonna be a mess it it's hard to keep up with i mean mm-hmm. unless I, you keep a running list of okay well this guy this quarterback's not playing and that this middle linebackers and guys that we wouldn't even know oh well maybe the two best offensive linemen have think they have a shot at playing in the nfl and they're not playing in this game so I, I think find-
2: UofL has a personal – I think they have a, a big edge in this game because literally, and this is what I, my gut is going by, is that they have the excitement in their program. Cincinnati, they lost excitement. They lost a coach that was a, a, a solid coach that took them to the to the CFP last year. Uh, I'm sure they're over that by now that Fickle's gone, but at the same time, and maybe they're happy with who they're getting. They don't know him yet. Uh, I I know they've had some players opt out. I think U of L. I think their the leading
1: receiver back for Cincinnati, okay. their leading receiver for the game, uh, has four yards this season. Okay. I, I'm I'm not 100 percent on that, but and, I, and I, I think the, that's tell me
2: that U of L. Tell me that U of L. Players aren't going to be on that field going your your new your new coach coming in is a chump. <laughs> He left us. <laughs> I mean, dude, do you not think that that's going to happen? You, like, dude, do you think, he just do you think left the Cincinnati think players gonna are going to be upset you? about that? No, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. UFL players, I think, are going to come in and they're going to have, like, yeah, we didn't want him anyway. We got. And I just have a feeling that the edge and the smack talking uh, and all the excitement is going to be on Louisville's side. I look, really believe it. With Brahm up in the press box. No matter who's co- – I know you got to have the X's and O's, guys. I'm with you. But I think Louisville is going to come out, and I'm betting them. They're going to win.
1: All right. To to go back, to take what you said and what what Travis was talking about with the guys sitting out in bowl games, Um, I think that's one of the things that I love about bowl games more than anything is because this is the time in, in these games is when you see no-name players come out of nowhere – and make names for themselves. That's true. And, and you start looking forward to what these teams have for next season because you're seeing these freshmen, true freshmen, or walk-ons get in and, and they play their ass off. And you never really know what's going to happen. It's an, the bowl games are a night made, nightmare to bet unless you're looking at the New Year's Six or the playoff. Right. And it's just basically throwing your money at the wall, but just spectatorship aside, like focus on watching the games. And they're some of the funnest games and with some of the greatest stories that come from these games. I mean, look at last year in that, um, I know it wasn't a sit out, but it was an injury. It was the sugar bowl, Baylor and, um, Ole Miss, oh, yeah. the backup quarterback for Ole Miss came in yes. and just had the night of his well, life. Yeah. Um, he didn't even get the starting job this year. I kind of thought going into the season, he was going to be the starter. Right, um, right. but yeah, so, uh. I'm all about bowl season. I know a lot of people have issues with these guys sitting out, but it makes total sense um, if you're going to the pros. Now, the transfers, that's almost a different story. I don't know if the transfer portal should open up until after bowl season is over with. Um, But the problem with that is that you start leaking into the second semester once the second semester of school starts. So... I don't know, man. It's it's a sticky situation. College football needs to figure out a way to work that out. But the transfer portal is definitely watering down some of these bowls more so than guys opting out for the pros. So,
2: yeah. I uh, what what I was gonna uh, get at also is I think it's interesting that you've got what uh, so on Saturday, so you got two bowl games on Friday and then four on Saturday. Is that correct? Yes. And then you yeah. Got, and then you've also, I think it's so. Uh, no, there's crazy.
0: like, there's like seven
1: on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Okay, I had, But I tomorrow's had... other game. I mean, Troy and and uh, Texas San Antonio. How fun is that game going to be? You have two complete opposite oh, teams. You got what, what's the saying? The um, unstoppable force versus the immovable object. <laughs> like. I, I I mean mean, Troy's defense. I I believe overall defense is ranked eighth in the NCAA. And then
2: I can't wait to watch that Texas San Antonio just scores
1: at will. So I mean this is going to be right. and
2: you you know uh, Texas San Antonio the last two years they're seventeen and one. So okay, uh, they are they are a team to be reckoned with, and Troy. It's well, really playing well. They have
0: to be seventeen and two. Oh, they,
2: seventeen and two. I'm sorry. I have it right here. No, you're right. They're eleven and, and two.
0: Both teams are eleven and two this year. So uh, Right.
2: Both teams eleven and two. Uh I'm sorry. Yeah. Seventeen and two. Uh,
0: um on Saturday you have the Fenway bowl that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. The Las Vegas bowl between Florida and Oregon State.
1: And the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl.
0: Washington State, Fresno State, and the Los Angeles Bowl. I mean,
2: another high-octane I've got offense. that
1: listed as the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl.
0: I think that I, th- I think what? that's what it's called.
1: <laughs> when did Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel just start?
2: I feel like a lot of these bowl games are instant offense. I mean, mm. you're looking at a lot of overs here. Uh, now, Florida's quarterback, obviously, we know is not playing. But I think Oregon State's going to be ready for that game. Is well, that game Saturday? That's at two fifteen Saturday. Oh crap! Yeah. It is. Yep, okay.
0: sure is. Well, let's look at the overs on some. I mean, uh, the Frisco Bowl, North Texas, and Boise is a fifty nine and a half. New Mexico Bowl, uh, Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist, and Brigham Young is a sixty four.
2: That's all offense right there. That is the over special.
1: And uh, the um, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I will say that's going to be a fun game. Fresno State looked great in that Mountain West Championship game against Boise State. Um and as far as I know as of today, uh Jake Hayner is going to play in that game. So you you have two good quarterbacks going against each other in that game. Um I don't know, I'm looking forward to that setup.
2: Oh, that sounds good too. And then uh let's see here so the and you know, I found some interesting things on this uh Boise State North Texas game. I think that's going to be the late one at nine fifteen. The Mean Green. Uh, I found it interesting that the intern coach for Boise State is Dirk Cutter.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah.
2: And and uh, their new coach coming on is Andy Avalos, who. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's been up for the Broyles Award as one of the top assistants. He's a young guy. He played thought he was Boise on Days State, of Our Lives. And he played under <laughs> Dirk Cutter, <No. laughs> which is even crazier in that game. Uh, obviously, um, I think uh, – and then North Texas. Uh, I think they – don't they have a uh, – didn't they get Washington State's offensive coordinator – uh, I think that's who's going to be coaching North Texas next year, um, if I'm not mistaken there, uh, Eric Morris.
0: And then that's the right. the last bowl game of the week will be Monday afternoon, uh, or to finish up this week. Uh, Marshall against Jim Mora Jr.'s Junior, Fighting Huskies of UConn, who is back from... F- football purgatory and back in a bowl game for the first time that I can remember in a
1: long time since, uh, Dan Orslovsky. And if you want to
2: <laughs> know a little heads up on that, I'm all over
1: Marshall in that game. Do you remember when UConn went to the Fiesta bowl and played Oklahoma? I do. And, uh, they, they, they won the big East that year is when the big East had a guaranteed BCS bowl spot. And, uh, <laughs> They lost money on that trip. <laughs> oh, did they really? Yeah. No fans oh, went. No tickets were sold. It was oh. uh, who was the, the Donald Brown was their running back. I, I believe him. he was. He was averaging like eight yards a carry. At yeah, the time. he
0: he came so. to the Colts. Yeah, he did. Yep. He did. Yeah, he played for the Colts.
1: So sorry uh, to t- cut off your dirt cutters. Don't you cutters find it strange talk. that North
2: Texas coach got fired and they're in a bowl game?
1: No, because six and six get you, anybody no, fired seven, in text. Seven
2: and six, uh, Seth Luttrell. Was who that was? And
1: seven and six.
2: I just seven and six, and I find it hard to believe that you, you know, you make a bowl game. You, you know, and you seven get, and six. So that they
1: play for a league championship game. How'd they get to seven and six? I have them as seven and six. They are listed as seven and
0: six. Yeah. Oh they had an no,
1: extra. They played. Yeah, in the championship yes, game. Yes, yes,
2: <laughs> and he got fired. Okay. Isn't that crazy?
1: Well, maybe he had um, he had some extracurricular activities that we didn't know about.
2: That could be true. You never know. So you just never know.
1: Sorry for the ricochet shots. What's you his name?
2: Let's see. You didn't know that uh, you know that Nick Saban eats little Debbie snack cakes every day. So.
0: Seth Luttrell, former uh, offensive coordinator at Indiana University.
2: Ah, that's right. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. So, those games are all going to be fun. And not to mention, folks, while these games are going on, then you've got three NFL games on Saturday as well, which mm. is, I mean, I, they're just fitting everything in on this Saturday. Before, really one. Before Christmas. No, there's three. Well. No, there's three, Tuna.
1: Yeah, but the first two, and, uh, um, I don't know if they move the needle. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather watch UT San Antonio and Troy. Uh
0: you're not excited to watch the Colts and the Vikings. I mean that that that's must see television, tuna.
1: I mean, do we want to watch Justin Jefferson have 300 yards receiving and <laughs> well, cur- may
0: well maybe we do
1: <laughs> because I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that guy's unstoppable, man. <laughs> no, he, He's he incredible, is. and I love who they played last week. Um, God, who who did Minnesota play? But they kept playing man coverage. Detroit, on them. Detroit, Lions. Detroit, Detroit kept playing man coverage on him, and that poor guy. There was three different ones. They were getting roasted every time against him. Yeah,
2: I don't. Yeah, the Lions have come up a little bit. They're just nonstop offense. I don't think they care what happens on defense.
1: Really. No. The uh,
0: well, the Dolphins and the Bills would be a good game.
1: Yeah, that's the one that that night game. Except but it's, it's going to be twenty fr-
2: degrees and snowy. <laughs> And, uh, the uh,
1: Miami boys have to go up. That Tua was saying earlier that it snows in Alabama. So, you know what he funny? said he's used I, I to the saw snow? At
2: Sports Center, or NFL Live, or whatever, uh, that the, his three worst games of his career have come in cold weather.
1: His three worst games three of his career? three
2: worst games in his pro career were when the temperature was extremely cold. So, there you have
0: it. I don't know. I know. I've, I always find the Ravens Browns game interesting just because of the dynamic of, Mm. you know, they took our team type of thing. And I don't know if that's still, if that still makes a big, as big a difference as it did a
1: decade ago. I can't look at Deshaun Watson anyway. And then who's quarterbacking for the Ravens? Tyler Huntley's in concussion protocol right now. He may play, but if he doesn't, I don't know. Who's their third string? Um, that could be just an ugly running game, J.K. Dobbins versus Nick Chubb game. I don't that know. AJ
2: McCarron,
1: huh? AJ
2: McCarron, is not he? A- <laughs> no. I'm, just
1: I'm pretty sure he's selling spam and <laughs> lower up Daphne, Alabama, or something right now. Yeah,
0: I haven't. I haven't got a clue who the uh, Ravens' third string quarterback is. Nor should yeah, anyone yeah. If, out if there. If one of
1: you guys knew, I'd make funny for it. But so.
2: It sounds like it's going to be a nice, fun weekend of a lot of stuff. Uh, Travis, what do we have coming up on Sunday besides NFL?
0: Well, Sunday we have the World Cup Final, um, which perhaps inevitably is France against Argentina, pitting the defending champs against what some might say is a team of destiny uh you know messi's destined to win the world cup in his last gasp effort France trying to repeat as champions for the first time that someone could repeat as champions in
1: uh, how long? The two most I believe talented France has teams. the flu going through the locker room right they,
2: now. They have someone exiled over there. They, uh,
1: they're really worried about uh, that virus spreading through that locker room. But
2: these are by far the two most talented teams. Sorry, Spain, you're not talented. You think you are, but you're not. Uh, Argentina and... France, in my opinion, it's come to that, uh, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game. There's a lot of depth. Uh, I noticed Di Bola, uh got in uh, for Argentina, and I thought he was out for the whole World Cup, and that just tells you how, how deep that Argentina is. I know that France has a lot of injuries, but uh, they have some, uh, great players that can come into that. Hernandez who is playing fantastic for them. He ended up subbing in for his brother who had the concussion in the first game of the World Cup. Uh, so I, I'm excited about it. I know Travis has France in a little jackpot action.
0: Yes, I am uh, particularly pulling for France, which <laughs> I certainly would not have a, uh, a rooting interest in. Had I if I didn't, I I just want it to be a a great match. And uh, well,
2: speaking of great matches, what maybe the best game match, uh, World Cup match I've ever seen happened, and that was Netherlands Argentina. Did you guys watch that Friday night? Of course, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Man, I've never seen a second half like that.
0: Yeah, it was awesome.
2: Shots coming from everywhere. I mean, what about Friday? Uh, Guys, I just want to tell you, I told you last week, and here it happened. Penalty kicks. That's all I have to say. I knew it was going to happen again. I knew it was going to happen, and it may happen Sunday. I mean, Travis, we even had the national championship uh, go into penalty kicks, literally. Yeah. Uh, with, I think penalty kicks are IU awesome. IU and Syracuse.
1: So I, I just want to watch penalty kicks all day long. Like that That's the most exciting thing to me. I know soccer fans probably hate it, but I could watch penalty kicks all day.
0: I find it to be, and as Freddie so eloquently put it in his 15-minute diatribe last week, uh, I find it to be the most stressful thing, especially in a big game. And it obviously doesn't get any bigger than the World Cup final. But I cannot imagine being on that stage, being that guy. Mm -hmm. You know for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, the image that they're going to have is either of you raising your arms or you collapsed on the field in absolute (laughs) grief and sorrow. You're a hero, not just for your town Not just for your team, but for your country on the world stage. And it comes down to one poor guy (laughs) kicking the ball (laughs) past another guy. Right. Uh, It's just, it's the most stressful thing in all of sports.
2: And and that one guy, let's give him something balls, cojones. Hey, Neymar. Are you listening, Neymar? You don't have balls. You don't have cojones. You know why? Because you didn't kick. You didn't kick. And that's the problem. That's why Brazil lost. They didn't put the ball in the net. But where were all your studs, They Brazil? lost because the um, Croatian
1: goalkeeper was incredible. Okay,
2: well, guess what? They're not going to stop a shot from Neymar, in my opinion. But you, if you don't kick, you're not going to make it. And the mere fact that he's over there weeping like a little girl when he didn't even get up there to kick. And yes, oh, was he going to kick fifth? You know what? You get up there like Messi did for I heard Argentina, he does a lot of charity and work. you kick first like a man. <laughs> if you are world top five in the world, you kick first, and you get up there and you settle your team down. End of story.
1: I'm I'm just saying, I look at everything through the eyes of a degenerate gambler, and if you could tell me that there's a league where nothing on but penalty kicks and I could walk into a sports bar and just bet on the best of five penalty kicks at any point in time (laughs) during the day, I would do it nonstop. Just if you are take the retired soccer players that are old and don't want to do all that running around on the the pitch, I call it a pitch, pitch. anymore, (laughs) then... uh, then just line them up to kick penalty kicks, have a full league of just penalty kickoffs. When
2: you say match and uh, pitch, yeah. you're, you are in hey, class. Uh, wait, a minute, are, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are a, a soccer fan.
1: Uh,
0: Tuna, what do you call the um, the clothes that a soccer player wears?
1: I have no idea, but I know they call their, their shoes boots. And... Um, <laughs> They call their shoes boots, and I don't know what they call their clothes. Let me ask you this. Uh, this Drapery? I have no idea.
0: This may be a little bit more uh, up your alley. Do you remember what Michael Knight's car?
1: Kit. Yeah, there you okay. go. It's there you kit. go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. God, you speak my language, Travis. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, go, to, go to 1980s crime dramas, and I'm all I knew it. if
0: I could get to that level. Yeah, yeah. You know. All right. So in, if we were playing the game Password and the word was Kit, <laughs> I would say what soccer players wear. You'd have no idea. No. But I would say what uh, Trans Am was called in a TV show that's been off the air for 35 years, <laughs> you would know right away. That
1: theme <laughs> song used to be the ringtone on my phone. I, I, <laughs> it really did.
2: I'm surprised that you got uh, boots. That's uh, You didn't say Dingo or, oh, or um, Justin. I got I got
1: boots. Uh, my head's dingo. dingo. <laughs> uh, I will say my biggest takeaway from, from the World Cup, my favorite thing, honestly, is um, Tom Rinaldi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, since he went to Fox from ESPN, it seems like I rarely see his stories anymore. And that guy travels everywhere. He's like in America uh, for the Sunday um, NFL games doing oh, yeah. stories, and oh, then he's yeah. back in Qatar. Maybe they're just I don't know. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But um Tom Rinaldi's awesome and I could listen to that dude do stories all day. But he's been my favorite thing of the World Cup because now that I have no money involved in it, it's just soccer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Freddie, uh do you have a uh, a quick game preview or a breakdown well, I, of the I, final?
2: I wanted to can I mention something else before the final? I hate to interrupt you oh, on sure. that, but uh, you know, it, it's been brought to our attention that uh you know there was some friction on the USA national oh, team. Oh, right, right. And uh we saw it. I mean if you if you're have watched USA soccer, you knew something was up when Gio Raina was not playing. And I have done some research on it. I've uh listened to a couple shows with some uh people that know way more about it than I do talk discussing it. And I find, you know, uh, what what happened was uh, apparently that Burr Halter uh, told him a couple days before the Wales game that he was not going to be getting many minutes when we headed over that way. Okay, now that you're right. talking about the second best player on the team, probably. Definitely, as far as playing for a club team, maybe the first best player on the team. Uh, And, you know, there was a question about his injury. He said that it wasn't his injury. That has nothing to do with it now. What happened was, recently, Burhalter was at a... uh, I don't think it was a charity event, but it was like a... uh, I guess some sort of, of of uh class where you have like 100, 200, 300 people come in and he discusses uh certain like a coaching clinic te- a or coaching something clinic like that. coaching yeah. clinic type thing or whatever. And he actually came out and said that we sent a play- that he almost sent a player home and that the other players also talked to that player and were ready to send him home. Now that's if you're a coach of a US national team and you're going to continue coaching them I don't think that you throw any of that out in the public eye. Let's fire him. I have a feeling that he's getting ready to get fired. He knew that. Good. And he threw in What well, I don't want to knock this into the uh, uh blow this up, but
1: the I bottom line the head. bottom
2: line is is Gio Reyna should have been playing. He didn't. I we don't know why But he did have some tantrums that it was brought to our attention. Some of the players did go talk to him and said that he needed to get his shit together. Uh, And I think players handle it different than coaches. He was almost sent out. But I think this is like a he said, we're not quite sure who to believe here. Well,
0: I I mean, I heard uh, Raina himself said, you know, I didn't have a very good attitude after I was told that I wasn't going to be a big part of this team. And he said, I I, I mean, he actually said, he said, I took it out on the pitch and didn't, you know, essentially wasn't trying for the first couple of training sessions or whatever when they got over there. And he said, I definitely should have handled that better. But he also said, I'm not sure what good this does putting it out in the public eye no,
2: well, that's what the coach uh, Burhalter always says that that's not what he do. we don't air our dirty laundry out in public. and you know what else that you know when when the shit hit the fan against the dutch guess who got Whoa. subbed in geo Rania. right yeah Burhalter. i'm not a Burhalter fan anyway uh and and uh, it seems like this is always something going on in the USA team within the team. There's always something. Um, but uh, you know, if you didn't want to play, you knew you sure needed him when you're when you were down two or three to nothing. You needed him. That's when you put him in desperation. So, anyways, enough about that. But I just wanted to share with everyone that USA did lose to a better team, but there was also issues in the locker room Suck it from Barhalter. the beginning
0: <laughs> Fred uh give me a uh just a quick breakdown on the final and uh give me a prediction
2: okay I'm gonna give you uh a action. I think you asked for that
1: about 20 minutes you've got ago. Mbappe
0: you've
2: got <laughs> great players Griezmann you've got Giroud who's playing fantastic uh For an older uh, older player, Um, uh, the just I think France's defense, midfield, and their strikers are all together. They have some young guys coming up. Then you look at Brazil. You've got Messi, Argentina. I'm sorry. Uh, You've got Argentina. You've got Messi coming up. You've got some uh, Di Maria. You've got a good defense coming uh, behind him. His midfield's going. I almost feel like these two teams are, obviously, they're in the final. They're both playing well. But I really give the edge to Messi this time. And normally I Mm. don't give the edge to Messi. But I do feel like that these guys are playing for him. And uh, I have a feeling that the French are going to get a little frustrated. They're going to get a little roughed up. Uh, more than usual, because I do think Argentina plays a little uh, more of a rough style. And I do think they have more depth. And in the end, that's going to uh, them and the world class, the class of Messi will come through. And I say that they win two to one. No penalty kicks. Argentina.
0: Totally, Tuna, you don't have to give me the. Totally the, agree. the game breakdown. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me a final score.
1: Uh, final score is um, three to nothing, Croatia over Morocco in the third round, third place matchup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful.
2: Oh, and, and yes, we had to tell Matt that there was a third place match on the pitch. In the World Cup, and you loved
1: that, didn't you? Yeah, it's my favorite part. It's like, imagine if the two teams that lost in the AFC Championship played in a backup Super Bowl.
0: (laughs) You know, for years they did it in college basketball.
1: I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever seen that.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, When did they stop that? The two teams that lost in the Final Four Uh would play in a consolation game.
1: When did that stop?
0: Um... I'm gonna guess it was in the 80s. No, I believe it was in the mid 70s. Oh, okay, yeah, is when they stopped that.
1: I got you. Do people remember who actually won those games? Uh, no, exactly.
0: I certainly don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Really quickly, uh, do want to remind everybody that we are on social media. On Twitter, at BlockoutPod, at BlockoutPod. Give us a follow, uh, shoot us a message, and if you're enjoying the show, uh, continue to listen and please tell a friend. Uh, I love watching the analytics and seeing the numbers go up each and every week. It's really cool. Um, We will now get to the unsuccessful part of the podcast, and that is... uh, our gambling selection always
2: exciting
0: um i continued my hot streak going oh for one last week our guest picker my nephew colin picked up his first defeat
1: welcome to the club of losers colin right. he went oh and one last we're, we're week. we're dragging you down to our level now buddy
0: uh tuna how did you do last week
1: well i just had the one bet parlay and um uh two of the legs of the three-leg parlay lost which made it a loser for me. So, 0-1 and Freddie.
2: Yeah, lost on the Jets. Uh, and uh, I think I went 1-1. One and one.
0: So, we did have one 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 winning bet uh, amongst multiple losers. Uh, Tuna, does anything stick out yes, to you this week?
1: I've got a plan this week, guys. I've been crunching numbers in the Tuna computer, and um, I've got a plan. What I'm going to do this week is placed a ten dollar bet on every money line underdog in the NFL. That's sixteen games, one hundred and sixty dollars total bet. And the way that the 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 underdogs won last week, you would have came out ahead. So that's my play this week. It's a terrible idea, but I gotta try it. <laughs> I love that. Okay,
2: I wasn't ready for that one.
0: Freddie, uh, what do you have for us?
2: Well, uh, like I told you guys, I'm going with the Louisville Cardinals in their uh, Fenway Bowl over Cincinnati at minus 2.5. That's my first pick. And my second is Boise State over North Texas in the Frisco Bowl. And that is, uh, I think they are...
0: Doesn't matter what the spread is. I'm taking them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my nephew, our guest picker Colin, is taking uh, UConn plus ten and a half in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which I know goes against what Freddie was thinking uh, because that is against Marshall. He said he was <laughs> all over with Marshall. I'm riding with Colin on this yeah. one. Yeah, I think I am too. Uh Holy. He also is taking the Giants plus four and a half at Washington. Um, I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars getting four at home versus the Cowboys. And I am going to take Brigham Young plus three and a half against Southern Methodist in the New Mexico Bowl.
2: I like that. I like that. And yes, put me down for uh, Marshall, please, the Thundering Herd, because I did call that earlier, and now that you guys have tried to to diminish that <laughs> pick, uh, I I've, I have done some research on that pick, and yes, I think Marshall's going to win big over Jim Mora Jr. and the Huskies, the Haunted Huskies. I
0: okay. love that. Let's let's do it, fellas. Anybody have any final thoughts as we wrap up here on the uh, Blockout Sports Pod this week?
1: We love Kenny Payne. love
2: Kenny Payne and uh it'll be no more no more football and back to regular football.
0: Yeah, we'll uh on next week's show we'll recap uh what is sure to be an exciting World Cup final. We will uh preview review uh the games uh that we've talked about this week and preview the bowl games that will be coming up next week uh, as well as discussing The NFL and any other crazy things that happen between now and then. Uh, But until next week, for the big fella country Matt Kempf and fabulous Freddie Benders, my name is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.